Hello there, listeners. My name is Matthew Lees, and we are back this week with a regular features pentagram of fun. We're all split up uh, like some sort of video game jewels across the world, across the UK, mostly in England and a bit in Wales. But we are combining forces via the power of the internet to bring to you a remote Power Rangers Zord of a podcast. And today on Regular Features' third Christmas special of the year, because, oh boy, we we love seasons, we have some real treats for you. Stephen will be kicking off this variety show with a beautiful cover of a classic song. Following on from this, Gav will be taking us on a tragic tour of his hometown. I'll be doing something, frankly, really stupid. Log will be doing something genuinely sad. Be prepared for that. And then Joe will be ringing in the new year with you. But don't get don't get too excited about that, let's be honest. Let's do a podcast, go! A regular, regular, a regular, la, 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 pictures. Girl, I want to make you sweat. That's <laughs> right till I hear your feature. <laughs> hey, I'm Bing Crosby, and welcome to my big old house that I've got all by myself. Well, who on earth could that be dinging the doorbell this hour of the evening? Hello, it's me, David Bowie. Are you the new butler? I know butler. I'm Bing effing Crosby. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that a piano that you have over there? Oh, this? Yeah, well, that's, that's the old piano where I sit, and I like to sing my classic Christmas duets. Well, would you mind terribly if I tickled the temptress? By which I mean played the piano. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind a cat's whisker if you did, Mr. Bowie. Well, thank you kindly, Mr. Crosby. Here's a song that I especially like around Christmas. It's a song, it's a little song that's called about Jesus, about a drummer. Drummer boy Jesus. It's cold. I'm David Bowie. Come, they told me, pour up a pom-pom A newborn king to see, pour up a pom-pom Our finest gifts we bring, pour up a pom-pom Rub a pom-pom, rub a pom-pom Peace on earth, can it be? Years from now, perhaps we'll see. See the day of glory. See the day when men upon will live in peace, live in peace again. Peace on earth. Can it be? Every child must be made aware. Every child must be made to care. Wrapping a drum for his fellow man. And I own his brother, he'd cause I'm playing for the sun. Playing for the sun. Oh, baby Jesus, can you hear me? I pray my will me for a pump will come true. 
our newborn king to see. Can you see your child too? Can you see him lying there? You see the day of glory. We bring to him. See the day when men of good will live in peace again. Peace on earth, peace on earth, can it be, newborn king, can it be, king? Well, gee whiz, Mr. Jilliker's David Bowie. You sure do know how to croon out a little Christmas treat, don't you? Well, don't you're ya? not so bad yourself, Mr. Bing Crosby. Well, I'll say you're welcome around here anytime you like, Mr. Bowie, as long as you know to keep your your little f- your little English fingers off my three beautiful daughters. Well, I'm not normally a man to wander around giving fingering to girls. You've never met <laughs> girls like this, I assure you, Mr. David Bowie. In fact, they'll be here any minute now. Well, it would be a pleasure to meet them, Mr. Big Crosby. Oh no, that's them. You gotta, you gotta hide, Mr. David Bowie, before they see you. They'll want to touch your cleats. <laughs> cleats is Bing Crosby for penis. <laughs> well, all right then. If you insist, I'll just go and hide behind the curtain then, shall I? David Bowie hides behind the curtain. And in walk three of the most beautiful Crosbys you have seen so far in this episode of Regular Features. We are the three Crosby Crosby Daughters, and we can smell David Bowie. Well, now, Bing, I think the jig is up. Your three beautiful daughters can smell me even through this thick velvet curtain that you've got in your house i better scarper bing i better i better get out of here as quickly as i can right in bye oh no david come back oh god you three little fucking idiots you got done cock blocked crosby again what a fine Christmas this has turned out to be. Well, there's always next year. Ba, 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 da, ba, Crosby. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. <laughs> oh. oh, your boy was that some classic Stephen. I do like. He's got a lovely voice. He's got a lovely, lovely face. Lovely voice. Oh, isn't he, lovely, isn't he a lovely boy? I bet he's got a collection of lovely jumpers, you're thinking. And yes, I can confirm he does. Next up on this podcast Christmas adventure, Gavin takes us on a journey back home. So, feature people, has nothing that funny has happened to me while I've been home in Wales. I thought I would just take you on a little audio tour of my hometown where a lot of sad things and a lot of magical things have happened to me over the years so coming down a place called Vale View and uh, there's a little forest place 
I'm just going to record some bit of me walking, Adam Buxton style. It always sounds fucking amazing when he does it. I don't know what mic he uses or anything like that. But you know when he's like walking around, like, I've never heard gravel like that. Yeah, I'm going to step on a stick now. See if I can break. Ooh, here we go, that's good. Foley. But yeah, so we're coming down Fieldview and we're in this little foresty bit where a lady called Erin once dumped me because she said she didn't want to go out with anybody at the time. And then I had a 16th birthday party, which I still invited to her to. She was, I lo- I like, I was probably head over heels for her, but she broke up with me in this little fieldy bit here that I'm standing in now. Um, but I had a 16th birthday party, and I still invited her to it, because, you know, just the bigger man, whatever, it's cool. And she turned up, and I came downstairs after being in my bedroom for a bit, listening to music with some friends, and I came downstairs, I knew she was at the party, and I came downstairs to find her holding hands with one of my oldest friends, Daniel. Uh, so, yeah, good luck, good luck to him. They're not together now. Um, I think the last time I saw Daniel, I was around his house and he was uh, smoking weed and telling me that him and his girlfriend, this is real, uh, him and his girlfriend have really got into picking their nose lately. And, and I fucking just sat there while they picked their nose all night. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I only just remembered that now. And now I feel like that's some fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit. Um, but yeah, here we are. I just realised actually I wonder like, what people think Of someone talking to themselves Because I've got a little clip on microphone You can barely see but I wonder what people think When you're walking around I guess people Well Hopefully think that you're Like speaking on the phone To someone Well little do they know I'm being a prick And recording a podcast You better watch out You better not cry We're going to pass A house that I used to spend quite a lot of time at when I was a kid because my friend Dave used to live there and uh, yeah he was one of my best friends growing up until I got grounded and I wasn't allowed to go to this house party like, but my girlfriend at the time did go to the house party and then I found out that he, he got really drunk and uh, I guess like just started having a little freak out that his dick was too small and had convinced her to measure his dick with like a school ruler um, and then they go off each other so, <laughs> so I stopped uh, speaking to both of them after that and we're just actually coming up to um, a turn in for this place called the Crescent and uh, that's where we used to meet him every day to walk to school and uh, I remember the day after I found out all right yeah, the day after I found out, I walked past the Crescent and he was waiting there for me. And I just walked straight past him. Yeah. Imagine. Uh, he's doing alright now, though. Um, we're still friends. I went to his wedding the other day. Not that girl. Didn't marry her. From what I've heard, his dick is a decent size. Better not so now I'm just about to go to my nan's house. I'm taking my sister's dog, uh, Len, who's a lovely little chap, up to see my nan and see what she's up to. So my nan 
my nan has quite bad Alzheimer's. She forgets a lot of things and she repeats herself, but she's fucking lush, so it's fine. Don't have a go. If I get any emails going, oh, she's fucking going on a bit, I'll come find you. Because um, she's lovely, but we have to go up three times a day to make sure she takes her medicine. And she has to eat with the medicine. And she hates eating. So it's always a struggle to get her to eat stuff. So let's see what kind of mood she's in today. He's making hours and checking it twice. I don't want anything really. Well, I'll make you something small. How about that? Yeah, you got cheese and potato pie. Oh, just a little bit will do. Oh, that's all right. If you can't eat it, you eat it. So. Oh, look, lovely. Put that out for him. Oh, look at him looking. It's because he doesn't stop eating. He's absolutely beautiful. Lovely, isn't he? You've got to give him some because he's... It's, I, I can't eat it watching him angry. And that's it. Do you want beans with it? Do you want beans with this? No, just those. Gotta eat a bit for me, alright? I don't get anything, love. I know that, but you've still gotta eat, even if you're not hungry. Oh, he's absolutely gorgeous. Give me his dish. No, you have some of them, and then I'll give him some at the end. Give me his dish, and we'll share it. No, you have some of that, and then I'll give him some at the end, right? You've gotta eat something. It's hot, man. Careful. I don't like this. He's hungry. He's always hungry. Do you want something to drink? I don't want anything till he have something. <laughs> He's just like that corned beef now. He's absolutely fabulous. Lush, isn't it? Give me a plate. No, hang on now. You have some first and then I'll give some to him after. Because if you eat some, then I'll just give, give him that there at the end. I can't sit and eat when he's looking at me like that. Here you are. I'll put some on his plate and then you've got to eat some. Bit. Okay. Here we are. Alright. There you go. He's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, he's lush, isn't he? How do you take your tablets with a bit of water or squash? Or squash? Squash. 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 And I'm not talking to you anyway. Why? Because you're giving me the stinking tablets. <laughs> they make you better. Give her that, my because she wants a bit more. Okay. I'll give it that a bit if you take your towel and stuff like that. Got them? Good. Mm. Well done. Want to have a wee? Have a wee in you? Don't have a wee in you, don't tell him that. I'm going to take him down now because he can have his dinner. Can I put the telly on for you? Yes, please, love. And take that and let it be there. Okay. Gonna find out who's not your nice. Finally, we've come to, well, not, I wouldn't say famous, because that's mad, but we've come to a park. Oh, there's a gate there. I was walking through the gate, and I hoped it would make like a, like a noise, but it didn't. So this is what we got. That's the gate closing. Um, so this is a park where I spent quite a lot of time as a kid. Uh, but this 
particular power holds a tiny bit of significance because of one particular seat in the park. Now, people who listen to the podcast or have watched um, a show that I do call Prepare to Try um, will know that, that this particular park is a bit important moment in my life because when I was 17, I'd taken a lady out on a date and uh, she was way, way out of my league but somehow I decided that she would come with me anyway and I took her to see 8 Mile and then made a move on her outside of her house and uh, only for her to basically kiss me on the cheek rather than kiss me on the mouth. So, and then run into the house. And I was thinking, well, you know, that's the end of that, man. But then what I later found out was that lady then went up to this park and proceeded to wank two boys off on this park bench. And uh, I'm just coming up to the bench now. <laughs> and it is. Police helicopters are out. The year that I was coming. I don't they know what I'm going to do to the bench. <sighs> there she is. It's hard in podcast form because obviously you can't see this. So I guess, I don't know. You can't hear me sit down. I'm not that old. So I'll maybe just give it a bit of a kick. That's me kicking the bench and I'm just going to sit down. Oh, imagine all the things this bench has seen, all the dicks that have been wanked off on this bench. There's quite a weird little stain on it. I'm sure that's not jizz from when I was 17. And it's definitely not my jizz anyway because I didn't get wanked off of a bug. Unfortunately, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the end. Our little walk around town. Uh, thank you very much for listening. It's a bit sadder than I thought it would be, to be honest. But uh, there we go. My daughter Shawen, Merry Christmas. Santa Claus is coming to town. So we've already heard a lot tonight about Christmas and uh, the art of Christmas and what Christmas means to, to all of us. But Christmas isn't about gifts and uh, presents and, uh, you know, consumerism, really. You know, it's about spending time with family and friends, and just holding those who matter very closely to us. But Christmas isn't about that. Christmas is about our Lord Jesus Christ, who died, um, I think, on a cross a while ago um, for, I'm sure he had a, a really good reason for that. But Christmas, Christmas isn't about that. You know, Christmas is about spending a lot of time with rich meats, sweet treats, and uh, creamy, creamy cheeses until we find ourselves in a state that we, we are having difficulties. I think that that's why we have so many Christmas songs 
than are explicitly just about this core element of Christmas. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Of course, a rather thinly veiled point being made, there won't be snow, any, any consistent downward movement in Africa, the Southern Hemisphere, this Christmas time. Of course, it's, you know, it's a song about constipation, and obviously people really resonated with that, and it's why so much money was raised for African warlords. And since then, there has been this tremendous tradition of people really embracing uh, the truth of Christmas and the difficulty that that, that sometimes brings. Stay Now by uh, East 17 a song about really coming to terms with the fact that they're going to be going through a painful patch of constipation. Maybe you could just stay, stay another day. we all know that really it's it is better out than in but really the queen of, of christmas constipation pop has to be um mariah with uh with this beautiful classic All I want for christmas is... relief from the compacted block of shite that i've been collecting in my guts like some sort of turd magpie of course, the radio edit of that song did have to be made more comprehensive, but the idea was still very resonant there. And of course, Mariah's a classic, but I do feel at this time of year, it's really important to just shine a light on a British pop act, which I believe their Christmas songs have defined them and really provided hope and joy and uh, relief to an entire generation. My feature is an ode to uh, Gaz Coombs. The classic Christmas constipation song. A stone cold feeling inside. I've got to find somebody to help me. I'll keep you in mind, referencing the fact that Christmas, of course, is also about coming together with people. And sometimes that is a case of, of simply reaching out to those around you and saying, I'm really quite bunged up at the moment. If I do need somebody to help me, I'll keep you in mind. And of course, it is a grisly job. Um, but if you get some surgical gloves, everything, everything's fine. Ostensibly a song about being caught by a bear. But no, obviously, if only my brother could be here now. Gaz Coombs' brother, of course, the man he kept, was keeping in mind in regards to helping him to solve the stone-cold feeling inside. Famously, of course, uh, Gaz Coombs' brother always carried around a cachet of popular laxative Senecot, which would, as Gareth clearly states, sort him out all right. The relationship between Gaz and his brother is once again referred to in the pop song Sun Hits the Sky, where Gaz steps into the musical shoes of his brother, exclaiming to himself from the third person, Of course, it's worth noting that neither of Gareth Coombs' brothers are medically trained, instead having trained as keyboard players, a craft not formally recognised as a form of medicine. Rush Hour Soul, that guitar riff, of course, orally composed in the form of <laughs> quite troublesome to squeeze out, but material did come out a lot more smoothly in the studio. Gareth's brother here quietly tapping 
on the bathroom door and coming to the rescue. But while Gareth and his band Superb Grouse had some difficulties sitting on the cold white chair, a lot of inspiration also was derived from the pearly throne. Diamond Hoo-Ha Man, of course, originally pronounced as Diamond Hoo-Ha, it didn't quite fit the melody. Gareth here proudly and bravely embracing the tradition of being at a big popular party, desperately needing to pop out some nasty stuff, and doing so into the speaker. Hence, can you hear us pumping on your stereo? Fingers crossed, you can't. But Gareth shows us the duality of this reality, and that he is a man who feels remorse. It's not me but I don't know what is. Really drilling to the core of the reality of the embarrassed confusion of being caught red-arsed pumping on the stereo. And indeed, as with all art, there's a sense of confusion written into the rich work of Gareth Coombs and the band's superb grass. Strange ones. That they look down from the underground. This obsession with the idea that Gareth's turds are now living underground, looking down at the other turds, was one expanded upon by the song Man-Sized Rooster. A piece of music clearly alluding to the fact that this turd, what he had done, was the size of a rooster that was also the size of a man, a truly gigantic Christmas turd, to the point at which Gareth found himself wondering, was this turd, the man-sized rooster, in fact a sentient being? What do you want to see? What do you want to be? What do you want to feel? Questions we might classically ask a boy, a baby, a baby boy or girl. However, in this case, asking a turd. Whilst this art often dipped into the realms of looking at the duality of shite, much of Superb Grass's work simply fartcussed on the basics. I can't stop, no, can't back. no, you can't. You need to squeeze it out, Gareth. So raise a glass of port and sherry to the boys of Superb Grass and the work that they have done for shining a light on the true meaning of Christmas. Sweet treats, fine meats, cheesy creamy cheeses, and a lot of blocked up bumholes because we've done too much of it. Merry Christmas from all of us at the Regular Features Radio Podcast Show. Goodbye! You ate our chips and you drank our Thanks for that, Matt. That was fucking weird. Next up, we have Log. This is genuinely quite sad, but also funny, as you might expect. But just be forewarned. I was going to stick this at the end of the podcast because it would, it would fit there. But, um... It's a lot. Joe's done something that has to go at the end, probably. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Joe. Have some fucking decorum. You, 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 shit. His log. Hey guys, you may have noticed that I've been on the podcast a little less over the last few months, missing a few more episodes than usual, and that's because I've been spending a fair whack of my time in hospital visiting my dad. Now, the more psychopathically heartless of you will therefore be thrilled to hear that he passed away or died last week. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I suppose you're out playing catchy hoops with your dad at the minute. Rub my face in your dad, why don't you? 
But what that means is it's time for some festive dead dad realness. In the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was born that we may freely queef, I've decided to share with you in the regular features traditional list format the list of things that have and haven't made me cry over the last week. Now, I am a right weepy piece of shit, me. I cry whenever I imagine an audience watching me do something heroic, like give a quid to a homeless man. I also cry when I imagine the scene where Vera Duckworth dies, which is something I'm doing right now, so I'm going to have to quickly change the subject. I even cried when Metal Mickey stopped working for ten minutes. Metal Mickey was a shit 80s robot, and still, I wept for his loss. This caused my brother to say, Why are you crying? I can't believe you're crying at Metal Mickey, you girl. And that caused my mum to say, Leave him alone. He's sensitive. This caused the phrase, You are actually a gay child, to scroll across my vision like a sign in a takeaway window. On the other hand, I didn't cry at the latest Doctor Who regeneration because I was like, Fuck you, never eat pears. Dumb fruit whimsy climax in a bollocks Doctor Who go nowhere episode for idiots. Ah. <sighs> Anger. That stops you crying. Thanks, Stephen Moffat. Anyway, so let's gauge how sensitive and wonderful I am against some of these recent tear-jerking situations. Am I a weepy wet puff who deserves to be femme-shamed on Lewis Hamilton's Instagram feed? Or, or am I a stone-hearted golem with tear ducts of clay? Situation 1. Walking in on your dead dad. Now, if you're anything like me, seeing your dad dead when on all previous occasions he's been all alive and everything, that makes you make do a little moan that goes like this, and then say, oh fucking hell. Now, that was involuntary speech, I didn't plan on any of those bon mots, and I immediately apologised to the nurses, but they were too busy hugging me and my mum so they didn't seem to care. I spent a long time staring at my dad, trying to negotiate the incorrectness of his poise and trying not to imagine what a spasm caused him to land like that. I don't really remember any of the words spoken with as we sat with him trying to have practical conversations. All I remember is that a nurse said, it's especially difficult at this time of year, and my old woman instinct kicked in and I said, well, it's not the first Christmas he's ruined. And this joke went down so well, the nurses, that I felt like I'd just won at Dead Dad's. Already making jokes, Log. Well done. You're dealing with this really, really well. However, tears were shed, so that's 1-0 to the Weepy Wet Woofter column. Situation number two. Having people I don't know grab my arm and say, Oh God, John, I'm so sorry. Now, my dad was something of a local figure. He ran good pubs in an area that didn't have many good pubs. So I've had a lot of people, sympathy from people I don't really know that well, but who've known him longer than I, well, probably longer than I have. Now, I'm okay with straight condolences. I can say, well, it wasn't a surprise, but it's a bit of a shock. That's my most used phrase of the week. And it's gotten a better reaction, if I'm being honest, than saying, well, it's not the first Christmas he's ruined, which I've discovered through repeated and less successful reuse. That, that, that comment requires a certain context. But if you grab my forearm and rub it, saying that you are so sorry, I will go rigid, stop thinking, and just say thank you. Basically, I want my arm back, and I know that when someone's offering you sincere emotions, it's considered quite graceless to say, get your hands off of me, and hiss like a bad cat. So, situation two, did not cry. That's one all so far, with not crying masculinity equalising early into the feature. Situation number three, getting a nice email from the council. 
If on the 20th of December 2017 you were in the car park of Castle Marina, Sainsbury's, and you saw a man standing with his arms slack by his side in the rain, going, that was probably me. You see, I just had a thought. The premises license for the pub I run with my dad is in his name, and you can't sell the Alky Pops without a premises license. So I thought, well, there's got to be a system for this. The council must realise that people die. So I phoned them and uh, I tried to have a conversation. And I, well, to be fair to myself, I pretty much held it together until the nice lady said, "How long ago did the premises license holder die?" And I had to answer, "About an hour ago," which did two things. First, it reminded me that this was the first person I'd actually spoken the words to out loud, and that made me cry. And second, it made it seem like I was really fucking keen to get my hands on this premises license, almost like I, you'd know. Killed him to get it, and that thought made me laugh. This combination of laugh cry was a kind of moaning exhale, a sad monster slur, and my inability to convert that into any kind of words made me realise that I just had to shut my mouth for a minute. Anyone who's farted in a courtroom knows that laughter being forbidden equals hysteria. So I swivelled the mic away from my mouth and pulled some wild, silent faces while the woman said some sincere and efficient things. And twenty seconds later, after the call, she emailed me all the documents I needed with a kind sentence about condolences, and this humanity from an unexpected direction just fucking wiped the shit out of me. And that's when my arms went slack, and I stood in the rain and went wah. So round three, and being a festive, cheap, lousy faggot takes a convincing lead. Incidentally, I did fart in a courtroom with my dad. During an application for a late license, back when you had to do those things in person, and we both giggled like pricks. That day is right up there in the cherished memories cabinet, along with the time I sneezed a massive string of wet snot onto a dress in Marks and Spencer, and he looked precisely just as proud of me that day as he did when I graduated. Oh, oh and there's also the story I've shared before on regular features: the time when the macerator pump broke on the disabled toilet and sprayed him with my hangover shit. Uh, I still remember after twenty seconds of quite justified outrage that day, the old bastard started laughing. This is a man who can't finish a meal if an advert for nappies come on, and he stood there laughing, covered in my shit, and saying it went in my fucking mouth. I loved him so much that day. Number four, people telling stories about my dad. Now I love this. That's when the spotlight shifts from just being sad fucks to celebrating a life.、Um, my dad runs highly respected real ale pubs, and he drinks nothing but Liebfrau Milch. Liebfrau Milch, the sweet German wine that they insult on Radio Four comedy shows. I've heard stories of his open hostility to some members of the campaign for real ale committee, who he openly referred to as wankers and assholes. This is a habit that I suspect may have kept us from winning several awards. I've heard stories of lock-ins getting raided by the police and forty people running upstairs to hide in the pool room. Meanwhile, the policeman sat downstairs and drank a bloody-minded cup of coffee amongst the still-smoking ashtrays. There was also a story about someone farting in the pool room, but I thought that was a bit childish. And the stories of the local alcoholic vicar getting so drunk in the pub they'd have to carry him back to his church and prop him up against a gravestone. There are all these stories that make my dad seem like a lad, a host, and a hero. Yeah, I'm happy with them. No cry, to all. Situation number five: a stoic man doing a small emotion. Off topic a bit, but my favourite memory of my partner's father was the time he put his hand on mine at a family meal and said, 
You're part of the family, boy. He was a kind man and a smiling man, but we never really talked about anything serious, and that moment of tactile sincerity brought instant tears to my face, and fuck me if I'm not welling up now thinking about it. That's the kind of thing that gets me, seeing men who've been trained not to have emotions and watching them allow a small, acceptable amount of sadness to come out. A hand on the shoulder, a stay strong, a short, powerful hug. All these things disassemble me like just so much fat Lego. And yes, it bothers me that I've internalised so much bullshit that I think not showing emotion is noble. And yet, it's dumb that even within that belief, I'm so inconsistent that I respond to that nobility by becoming an undignified gush of eyebrine. I guess I'm just a complicated guy who's just so fucking sensitive it defies logic. 3-2 to the cry, boys! Number 6. Reading the comments on Facebook. Oh, fuck this. Crying wins. I'm just never going to be a big grown-up boy, I guess. It's uh, so a 4-2 to the weepy peepers. Turns out I'm 66% upset by my father's death, which is a 2-1 at university. Yep, yeah, sorry about this feature, everyone. It's uh, just the only thing in my head at the minute, so um, so I can't really think about anything else, and you will have your pound of feature flesh, won't you? Next week, it'll be something about eggs and queefs. Bye-bye. Thank you. Enjoy your dads. Thank you very much for that log. Yeah, I love you. We all love you. The readers love you. Everyone loves you. You're wonderful. Finally, now we have Joseph Scrabbles with his uh, end of the year countdown, which is going to count you down into the new year. It's, uh, it's something you can listen to, and at a certain point, it'll tell you to kind of stop and then come back on New Year's Eve and play it to an entire party full of people to just get you in the mood for 2018. I've listened to it. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing that. I really just just listen to it whenever you're listening to it. Here's Joe. Hello reader. It's me, Joe Scrabbles. And um we're going to try something I don't think that's ever been done on regular features before. Yeah, this is an interactive feature, a feature in which you are a part. And the way you make yourself a part is by playing this at New Year's. Now, obviously, this takes a certain amount of trust. A lot of people will be at New Year's um, with friends and family, and who won't, it's hard to find a, a large crowd of people who like regular features because let's face it, you know, you get it. Um, but just trust me on this. We're going to forget Hootenanny, because you've got this now. Forget all of those things. Just play this to bring you in to 12am January 1st, 2018. So it's a pretty simple concept. Let me explain it. Uh, when I say now... Not then, but later. All you do is press play at 11.56, exactly four minutes before midnight. And I've set up a little lovely look back at some of the uh, moments you didn't get to hear on the podcast. Bits from before recordings that were cut out because they were too funny. Much too funny to go out too hot for TV and I've put that to music that I think would play under say a compilation of clips of a good footballer who has died it's cool but sad 
And then after that, I'll come back and we'll all have a countdown and then a party. There'll be a little party, little party for you. So I'm about to say now, remember, play this at 11.56 on the dot when I say now. You, you, you sort it out, all right? Three, two, one, now! Before I go into my feature, you do need to put some toilet paper into your toilet because I did have to wipe my ass in a handy andy earlier. Did you actually? What episode number is this? Fuck knows. It's a blur. 234. That sounds right. Oh, well, yes, it does, because I remember thinking, all oh, the next one's going to be consecutive numbers. <sighs> I remember that thought. That you uh, yeah, I remember thinking... During the live show. Yeah, I remember thinking, don't say that log, not entertaining. <laughs> have you ever have felt like this? <laughs> have felt this dick. <laughs> Funniest thing I've seen on... On fucking Twitter today is people yeah. talking about on Tumblr like there's the best thing on Tumblr where it's the ongoing joke where everyone's saying the Babadook is gay, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> when you try your best but you can't get it up, I will try again <laughs> to touch you. Right. Goiter Dimension. Goiter Dimension. Goiter Dimension. Goiter Dimension. Welcome to the Goiter Dimension. That's a jingle. We are the Goiters. Welcome to our dimension. Someone will have to make this sound effect in post because it's not actually happening. Oh, no, no, I think this is bollocks. We might just cut this all out. Oh, really? Yep. I'm not editing it because tomorrow's my birthday. I'm not going to edit this podcast on my birthday. I think these so. fucking lazy bastards. Uh, Joe, not Joe, Matt, or Gaff. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, they should fucking do it. Mm. Sick of my arms. Come sucking motherfuckers. But he's really blasted any poop out of his anus. It's all a bruise. Wow, I saw four layers of Steve there. T-shirt, skin, pant and trouser. Oh, an ordeal is better than a bad deal. David bad deal. Oh, that's a good joke. I can write that down on Twitter. <laughs> David No Deal is better than a David Bad Deal. <laughs> yeah, probably get a thousand and bunch more retweets. When I listen to David Badia, I do wish for David No Deal. Waiter! There's a little. I ordered hot potatoes! Shut, shut up, dog. <laughs> like, I often think when you fall asleep, do you die? And every morning you're born as a person with memories of the last 30 years. Ooh. And that's what dust is. <laughs> what a lovely look back at all the shit that we took out that we didn't think was good enough for you. Ah, oh, 2017. But this is it. In under a minute, it's going to be the year of your lord. 2018. So, get everyone together. Break off foot. I mean, get charge your glasses, champagne. Bring it all to the speakers. Look outside the window for the fireworks. 
we've got some fireworks for you too at the end of this audio ones obviously um but it's nearly 2018 i just want to thank you so much for being a reader anyone who's not listened to this before thank you for listening we're coming up to the countdown everyone get ready here it comes 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 <laughs> Happy New Year. And that's the end of regular features to 2017, baby! Finally, I've got a small treat to cap off the year for you here. I was messing around on my computer the other day, and I made a weird song, and I made it a Christmas song, because why not? Now, I'm going to play it for you, just because it's just weird and fun. It's like a bauble that you didn't ask for, and maybe you didn't want. But here it is. Goodbye. Christmas comes this time of year Christmas comes this time of year Christmas fills you with its cheer Christmas fills you with its cheer Christmas knows when you've been bad Christmas knows Atone your sins by nice socks for your dad Christmas drives into your house Christmas drives into your house Christmas climbs in through your windows when you sleep Close them Christmas knows what you have done It knows By a novelty dog-shaped door stop for your mouth 